Chapter Twenty Nine of A Prisoner of Morrow by Upton Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Twenty Nine, Cliff's Second Expedition. In spite of the glorious work accomplished in those few hours, Cliff felt chagrined that he had, in the excitement of the struggle on the boat and under fire of the Spanish soldiers on shore, been forced to return to the flagship without the shell. He had thought considerably about it even during the stirring scenes through which they had passed. He had his own ideas about it and wanted to put them to the test. Everything connected with it indicated to his mind some mystery, the solution of which would materially help the American forces. In the first place the way in which it was brought to his attention was unusual, to say the least, that a ship being pursued by a hostile craft should deliberately fire away from the pursuer and toward the land was peculiar even for a Spaniard. It was ridiculous to think that the shell had been aimed at Cliff and his party, for even had it been broad daylight the American boat's crew would not have been visible to those on the Spanish ship. It was merely a coincidence that Cliff happened to be where the shell landed. No, thought Cliff, as he revolved this in his mind, that shot was not aimed at our forces. There was some other reason for firing it. What that was he could merely conjecture, and he was not entirely clear in his own mind. That the mysterious purpose had been carried out to the satisfaction of those on the Spanish boat, Cliff felt convinced was evident from the fact that not another shot was fired. Then the shape of the shell was an important factor. They are not using those round ones nowadays, thought Cliff. This one must be used for a special purpose. What that is I'm going to find out. The arrival of the Spanish soldiers and their peculiar actions before the little battle that followed also demanded explanation. They didn't know we were there, mused Cliff, or they would not have been so easily taken by surprise. Why were they there? Their capture of the Cuban courier was accidental, I'm sure. They were on some other mission. Last of all, the theft of the ship's boat and the strange behavior of the two Spaniards who had taken it, and whom Cliff had been forced to overcome, added a peculiar feature to the affair. Taking it all in all, Cliff felt that though they had bravely avenged the murder of the Cuban, and had brought the dispatches safely to the rear admiral, and with them a prisoner, still an important object had not been accomplished. He meant to return for that unexploded shell in the face of every difficulty, and put his ideas to the test. He had this purpose in view when he delivered with his own hands the dispatches to the rear admiral. Rear Admiral Sampson glanced quickly over the papers after they were handed to him, and seemed highly pleased. "'These are of the utmost importance,' he exclaimed. "'With this information we will be the better able to act in conjunction with the insurgents when the proper time comes.' Cliff knew the papers must indeed be of especial value from the rear admiral's manner, for it was decidedly unusual for an officer of such importance to unbend to that extent with an ordinary cadet. The rear admiral was evidently more than satisfied with the result of Cliff's mission. After a hasty examination of the papers he turned to Cliff, who had remained standing, and asked some particulars of his meeting with the Cuban courier. Then Cliff briefly but graphically told of his receiving the papers from the hands of the insurgent, and of the latter's tragic death so soon after at the hands of the cowardly Spanish soldier who held him as a prisoner of war. 
Rear Admiral Sampson's blood fairly boiled as Cliff gave him the details. The cowards, he exclaimed with clenched fist. It was barbarous. But, sir, continued Cliff, it has been avenged. And then he briefly and with modest demeanor told of their attack upon the company of Spanish soldiers and their victory over them without the loss of an American life. More than one Spaniard had gone to his death to atone for that cowardly assassination. The rear admiral was plainly interested, and at his request Cliff gave the particulars of his subsequent adventures, and of the narrow escape in the boat from the Spanish soldiers firing upon them from the hill and shore. "'Admirable! Admirable!' exclaimed the rear admiral, when the brief narrative was finished. "'I am proud of the bravery of yourself and the men with you.' "'And now, if you please, sir,' said Cliff calmly, "'I want to go back there.' "'Back there!' exclaimed the admiral. "'Where do you mean?' to the spot where I met the Cuban, replied Cliff. What do you mean? According to your account the place is swarming with Spanish soldiers. Not many of them, sir, said Cliff, and it is not my intention that they should see me. I left something behind that I think is important. Then he told of the shell that came crashing through the trees where they stood, and of the series of incidents that had prevented his examining it as fully as he wished. He insisted strongly that the recovery of the shell was of the greatest importance, and intimated something of his ideas concerning the mystery that it suggested. He spoke to such good purpose that at last the rear admiral was disposed to grant his wish. "'But it would be better to wait until you have had a chance to rest a bit,' said the latter. "'Tomorrow night, for instance.' "'Delay is dangerous, sir, I think,' said Cliff. "'Others are seeking it, I know, and it may not be there unless I go at once.' There are still several hours of the night left, and I can easily accomplish it. The rear admiral had evidently been impressed with what Cliff had told him concerning the shell, and at last agreed that he should go about it in his own way. Very well, then, he said at last, take a boat's crew and go at once. If you please, sir, exclaimed Cliff, I would rather take one of the small boats and go alone. One man can move about with less fear of detection. Young man, you are undertaking a very dangerous mission, exclaimed the rear admiral, but you seem to have the pluck, and I have confidence that you can take care of yourself. Do then as you wish, but take some signal rockets with you. Don't hesitate to use them if necessary. We will be ready to send you assistance if needed. Cliff, highly pleased at the confidence that was reposed in him, saluted respectfully and hastened away to prepare for the venture. In a few minutes he was ready the boat was lowered, and for the second time that night he left the flagship to face fresh dangers on the shore. But this time he was alone. Success and safety depended upon his unaided efforts. End of chapter 29 Recording by Tom Weiss Tom's Audiobooks.com